Mats Onsum. Yeah. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to see you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. So it's been you, a minute. Or I met you in the streets the other day, but before yeah, it, that, it was uh, quite a while. Yeah, it's, I guess it's been like uh, several years yeah. because we know each other from Raw Yoga. Yes. Where you were an instructor. That's right. And that closed down, unfortunately, in the beginning of 2022. Something like that. Yeah, I think it was like February or something. Yeah. Yeah, due to uh, yeah lockdowns, you know, hot yoga and lockdowns, they're not very compatible. No, nah, they don't go yeah. real well together. No, you can't really have the online hot yoga unless people have a sauna at home or something. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't work out. And the electricity prices. Yes. So they got doubly screwed. They got fucked. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Dude, that's a that. shame. That was such a good place, man. It was. And I still miss it, though. Yeah, I miss it, too. Yeah. I, and I keep meeting people. Like, every now and then, I meet people who are like, oh, man, I miss that place. Yeah. And like, yeah, me too. And yeah, here we are again. Here we are again. It was like this oasis because I actually got double screwed because uh, I, uh, I lost uh, my yoga studio and my gym where I trained strength and jujitsu. All in the same month. That's actually triple fucked. Triple fucked. Yeah. You're right. It is triple fucked. <laughs> yeah. So that was a big blow for my, you know, like my routines and everything. Yeah. I was like, oh shit. I lost both of those places. And that's when you got this place and like the mats in the corner and everything to roll around and, yeah. and, and do the kettlebells. and. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I, had, I had them before actually. Okay. So I had them before. But hey, you know, life goes on, man. Hmm. Yeah. But wait, wait, what are you up to? I'm doing much of the same stuff, really. I'm teaching yoga still, practicing yeah. yoga, and I also make music. I've been making music uh, longer than I've been teaching yoga, but uh, yeah, yeah. So I'm, st I'm still, uh, I'm still getting my my uh, solo projects going, like up and running a little bit. Used to have a little bit of hype back in the day yeah. with uh, some rap groups, and then we split up, and I was like uh, trying to get that. Uh, whatever my message is across what's, to the, what, what's to your message bro dude life and uh, and love you know yeah yeah, love, yeah love the life and live the love and uh that stuff yeah no, but yeah just uh, it was about uh being able to i guess uh take it from like the really like uh material uh, right here and now like i can feel it touch it see it smell it taste it that kind of experience to the more like what do you want to call it spiritual or uh, uh Ethereal. Yeah, ethereal. That was actually the word that was in my mind. I was like, ethereal. Can you really say ethereal? You can say it's it. Like, yeah, bro. Yeah, thank you. Okay, ethereal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. From the, from the material to the ethereal. That's... Uh, there you go. Yeah. Wow. It's such an interesting... That's what I like about you. It's such an interesting combination, yoga and hip-hop. Right? Yeah. And you wouldn't naturally pair those two together. No. But I think they're kind of complementary. I, th I, feel, I feel like that too. I think so too. But for whatever reason, it's been like the world doesn't think so. Mm. Uh, or at least it, like it's starting to kind of get with the program the uh, last few years. But uh, when I kind of switched it up around like, I don't know, 12 years ago, started like doing rap and yoga. Uh, then I got a lot of like resistance from actually from <laughs> both sides. Yeah. Yeah. So like the yoga people are like rappers. Like they're just, they're just about flexing and, and you know, like, but that's what yoga and money that's what, and that, ego and but that's what yoga people are doing they're into flexing too but yeah. it's just a, f a different type of flexing you're yeah. literally into stretching and flexing exactly yeah and that's one aspect of it another aspect is that like the ego finds an outlet regardless of what environment you're in it, it kind of finds an outlet and in rap it's very like apparent it's very like it's there you just like you're telling your everyone that's listening how fucking cool you are and mm. and how much stuff you got and all the parties you go to and all the women you have and mm. whatever you want to mm. that's like the stereotypical you know yeah but then you have like the 
the yoga environment where it can be very like oh look at me i'm so spiritual and i know more than you and i'm on my high spiritual horse looking down at all you uh not so spiritual peasants and like yeah. they, they kind of get there as well you know it's like, yeah they have spiritual bling yes that's what they have yeah. it's true you notice it so fucking many times right yeah it's exactly that's right that's what they do they flex their spirituality yeah it's kind of annoying i prefer <laughs> the rappers at least they're flexing gold chains and like cool cars right yeah yeah I mean, I like both of them, and yeah, of I, I have I have likes and dislikes in both directions. Mm. But yeah, it was like it was interesting at least to see like how uh, both environments kind of uh, semi rejected like uh, half of what I was doing. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's that's like somebody who's kind of growing up with parents of two different nationalities i guess and they're like you know what i mean like ugh, maybe this is not a good example but no if, but i get, get what you mean yeah you get what i mean yeah but uh i i think it's like yeah i think that i think the two have a lot in common because uh with like rapping there's like a sense of flow yes you know what i mean like there's this like real and especially with good rap when you have like a good flow you're like, yeah, this motherfucker is like, you know, he's tuning into something and it sounds, it's just in line with like, it just works, you know? And then with yoga as well, I feel like, yeah, you know, you, you get into like a good flow with certain movements and the way that you're feeling. And so in, in that respect, I feel like they're kind of complementary. I feel the same way. And yeah. just whatever, what you just said, I feel, I feel the same way. And it's just, it's also this like how when you uh, get into that flow state, uh, and you kind of disconnect the, the thinking, problem-solving mind, and you're not kind of trying to think your way to the bars that you're rapping. Or, uh, of, of course, it matters. Or it depends if you're performing it or if you're uh, writing it or whatever you're doing. But I find that uh, the more I'm able to connect to something, I don't know, behind or beyond the, the thoughts, mm. uh, the easier it is for whatever is coming through to flow. It's like you're opening a channel kind of mm. when you're writing the lyrics and when you're performing it. Uh, and when it comes to yoga, you're also kind of tuning into uh, your breath and your body and, and movements and uh, whatever it might be, uh, flows of energy in your body to uh, get into that flow state. And it's kind of a similar experience yeah. when you get there. Yeah. So, uh, so the flow state is so underrated, I think. You know, when you catch yourself in the flow state, you go, yeah. oh, fuck. And then you kind of sometimes fall out of the flow state. Because you, you caught yourself. Yeah, in. exactly. That's a weird phenomenon. You know, sometimes like I'll be on stage and like I'll just be like riffing or like somebody in the audience said something and I'll just go off on like a comedy tangent. And then I'm just like at the end of it, I'll be like, wow, that was total flow state. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I don't know, like I'm sure they've done studies about how to tune into it and shit like that. But sometimes it just feels like you're doing everything right. Right. And you go, yeah, now that's the flow state. That you are in alignment with what you're meant to be doing and at that moment or something like that? Something like that. Yeah. I, something like that. And then I kind of feel like conversely, when you're in the exact opposite of a flow state, when things are going wrong in your life or when things that you're pursuing aren't really working out, that, I don't know, like maybe you're just not good at them, but maybe you, it's kind of like, it's not really what you should be doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've been thinking about that a lot, actually. It, why? Because uh, it's been like, uh, when I went from the rapping thing, we, we actually had a, quite a lot of hype back in the day with the rap groups I was in. We played concerts around Norway, hundreds of concerts, and in Scandinavia, we were collaborating with uh, British rappers, Danish rappers, Swedish rappers, and we like, we're kind of uh, on the way to make it big. And then the rap group got split up and like uh, kind of think kind of fell apart a little bit. Mm. And then I started like uh, trying to establish my own thing. 
but it was uh, with that yoga philosophy and like the the psychedelic kind of approach and all that like uh, as like the uh, foundation i would say of the content of what i was trying to uh, convey yeah and um and then kind of people fell off as well it's like people didn't connect to it that much i think the environment was quite quite small yeah in norway and in norwegian so it's not like a global thing it's like so it got harder for people to follow what i was talking about and i wanted to talk about what was real to me you know mm. and then after that like it kind of fell apart a little bit and i didn't really get that traction that i wanted and and after that's been like trying to figure out how how do i do this uh, and be able to convey the messages that i want to convey and uh, still be able to uh, yeah still reach a lot of people yeah still reach a lot of people and have reach and and, and impact you know yeah and yeah how are you like what's the status the status right now is that i've been working on uh an ep uh it's like a short album yeah for uh, about three years yeah uh, i've been making a lot of other music as well but i've like picked the songs that i like the best mm. and uh it's like we're almost done it's like uh two tracks that are almost done we just need to mix them a little bit more yeah and then we good and yeah okay then, and then starting to put it put it out now this summer that's the yeah. plan so i've been working on that for about three years i haven't released any music yeah and also i've been uh, working on uh projects that are not in norwegian as well to, oh cool uh, to just uh expand and explore you know yeah so i think that, i think status. that's i think that's smart man yeah i feel like like you gotta do stuff that's in norwegian but also the community is so big outside of norway and what your like your music might resonate with you know english speakers in like you know like fucking jamaica or south korea Maybe. or something yeah yeah that's the thing with like global internet culture is that it's not always localized the people that like dig your shit yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. so I, that's what i've been thinking like with the podcast as well it's like i live in norway and like, i can speak norwegian but I've, you know i just feel like doing a podcast in english is like so much more it's a double-edged sword though yeah it's a yeah you get that i think i know what you mean but yeah, yeah, yeah because it's like, well, English is my native language. I've got like friends and, you know, family and stuff that listen in Australia and a few friends in America and other countries and shit like that. But then you kind of like, you miss out on some of the like, uh, you know, like say charts in Norway because of the language, they all, all that kind of shit, you know? And sometimes when you're like in English and trying to like be, have like a message that appeals to three billion people instead of five million you kind of miss this localized okay you're talking about things that we call all can, all can relate to like everybody knows where St. Hans Hagen Park is or everybody can say oh yeah that's Ring Tre you know what I mean yeah it's, it's kind of like that but yeah yeah and also here you, you interact with people uh all the time you meet yeah. people and you have a network here and all that but yeah, I get what you mean. It's the mm. same with the rap thing. It's like when, I have a bunch of friends who rap in English and some of them are really good. Yeah. And they're they're getting not necessarily like a, a huge hype uh, globally, but they have like they have for example a hype in China or mm. hype somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Uh, or in the States, but in Norway people don't seem to give a fuck, you know? Yeah. Because, like, when you switch the language, like, that's why so many uh, rappers that rap in English in Norway eventually start rapping in Norwegian. Yeah. Because people don't give a fuck about the English rap. Yeah. So, uh, so when I'm doing that English rap package, I'm not aiming for the Norwegian community uh, or uh, culture, really. I'm aiming outside. Yeah. So I'm not trying to market it too much back home. I'm trying to get it across the across the pond you yeah know? But, I get you. and then i can do the norwegian stuff uh, here yeah rather yeah do, do you um like 
com- like when you compare Norwegian to uh, English, yeah, Engl- English has so so many more words. Yeah, it's such a like richer language, like for vocabulary. Do you prefer one language over the other because of the possibilities of rhyming in English or? After getting more accustomed to rapping in English, I I have to say that I kind of prefer that. Yeah. But Norwegian is also, it is an interesting language to rap in or write, write in. Because yeah. you have a lot of options and you can be creative with how you combine things and yeah. and like the pictures that you paint. Yeah. Uh, it can also very easily get super generic because there's not too many words to pick and choose from. Yeah. But then uh, it's uh, you need to be more creative with how you put it together in order to avoid that super cliche way to say it or whatever it is, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I find that... It's uh, more of a challenge. Yeah, it's more of a challenge, but also it's more natural to me uh, from back in the day because I, I, when I was like 16, yeah. I came to this place where I was like, do I rap in English or do I rap, do I rap in Norwegian? Yeah. What do I do? Yeah. And then I ended up picking Norwegian because that was like the people around me did that, the people that I was rapping with. And mm. so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And then I've been wondering if that was the right choice or not. Uh, but, you know, you can do that with anything you choose. Nico and, Vist, Nico and Vince did it in English. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. They, and they, they, they made it. They made it. Yeah. And they're still doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Madcon for a while too, right? Yeah. 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 I actually play paddle with those guys. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, do you? Yeah. I seen Chava posting pictures of him playing paddle. Yeah. Is that with you? Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, yeah, shit. Is he, is he any good? Is, if he's good? Yeah. He's one of the better players in the in the group of people who play together. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm starting to catch up. That's good. It sucked in the beginning, but now it's, it's fun. It How is fun. fun is paddle? Paddle is super fun. Yeah, it's yeah. the best. It is. And it's like you get that that workout that uh, you get that heart rate going and, yeah. and but you're not even noticing it cuz you're no. having so much fun. You never want to stop, right? Dude, I've been with friends and we're like, oh, "Let's just book an hour." And an hour is never enough. No, it's, it's never enough. It's like nothing. 2 hours at least. Yeah. I played an hour last Friday, I think. Yeah, yeah. it's like cause I had to go go to work after, and they stayed. And I was yeah. like, when I left, I was like, God, fuck. You don't, don't want to leave. I don't want to leave. I just want to stay here. Yeah. yeah. Are you playing just uh, doubles, like four people turning up, or are you rotating teams? We ro- rotating teams usually. Yeah. Okay. It all depends on how many people show up, but. And how many like um, do you play like a set, or what do you? How many games do you play? Do you like best at two out of three, and then change teams, or? Yeah, sometimes we usually we play. It, it all depends on how many people we are and how many teams, so that we can yeah. rotate that quite quickly. Gotcha. So that people have, don't have to wait for like half an hour, you know? Yeah. So uh, usually we do like two uh, two sets, uh, and the the first first team to reach two. Those are the winners. Two sets? Uh, wait, or what? two games? Two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. sets will take ages. A, wait, a, a wait, set is I'm like confused. six what games. Is, oh, so that is like a set a set number of <laughs> yeah. games is a set. Yeah, so at least in tennis, if you play six games yeah. and you win, the first to get six games wins the set. Oh, okay, I get yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm still a new, newbie. Yeah, yeah, with the paddle English? With the paddle English, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't got really you, know bro. the vocab. Yeah. Okay, so you play the first person, the first team to win two games stays, and the other team yes. gets rotated off. That's usually how we do it. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. That's yeah. fast. It's fast and it's fun, and then we we change the teams eventually. It's like, okay, we're starting to see like how this one team is way better than the other teams, mm. for example. Then we like, let's switch it up and, and kind of make it interesting again. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's so fast. Such a fast game. Yeah. Yeah. So you play uh, play as well? Yeah, yeah, I play as well. I don't play as much as I'd like to. I play every now and again, but it's uh it's something that I definitely really enjoy, man. And oh. I grew I grew up playing tennis in Australia. 
Okay. Yeah, and squash. So I have like a pretty decent comprehension when it comes to racket sports. Mm. And I just love it, man. I love it. So the squash game is like you play with a wall, right? Yeah. 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 So you, so you both facing the wall? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you base you both face the wall mm. and you serve it and then you got to try to make, you know, just kind of make the other player not return the ball and then you win a point. Okay. It's a yeah. very fast game. It's very fun. Here, here, a lot of uh, like older people have been playing tennis back in the day or squash back in the day. Start playing squash again and they get heart attacks and shit. Cause yeah, that's what happens. So it's so fast. Yeah, right. Yeah, they gotta fucking relax. <laughs> yeah, you know the thing with squash as well is that you should like you should wear these special squash glasses because if you get the squash ball in your eye, you can like get blind. Okay. Because it moves so far. I saw this guy get a ball in his eye once when I was a kid, and that dude was fucked. Oh. Like the eye was like swollen. Do they yeah call the ambulance and all kinds of shit so there's these goofy kind of swash squash glasses and I've, i always wear them i don't want to play squash if i'm not wearing them okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. thanks Just, for the tip if i ever try it yeah get, yeah, the, glasses. get the glasses they, they yeah. look dorky but whatever i'd rather be so dorky does, than blind so does an eye patch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean it all depends how you combine it yeah you have like a, a gold gold tooth and a ring in your ear and, and a then, parrot and a parrot yeah, yeah exactly dude. then you're good you're good yeah then you have a style going yeah, yeah you got a style going yeah. shit I thought that's cool man you're playing dude, next time you see Chavez say hello for me I will yeah, yeah. awesome so how do you know him how do I know him I went to I knew him before this but I, I really got to know him. we went to Croatia together okay yeah he was doing a Madcon was doing a music video with Snoop Dogg and my friend Frederick S. Nolt, He, yeah, I know that guy too. Oh, do you? Yeah, but yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good buddy of mine. He went, he was directing the video. And then I went down to make the behind the scenes video. So then I hung out with them for like two or three days in Croatia whilst they were experiencing this like magical music video experience with Snoop Dogg and performing at this hip hop concert in Croatia, Island Vibes or something. And uh, so we did the music video. And then that night, Snoop was performing. And then he asked them if they wanted to do their song together on stage. Mm. And then I was there and filmed that too. So yeah, that's it. And then I kind of hung out with them a bunch after that. And we've just been friends over the years. And I haven't seen them for a while though. I kind of lost contact during the pandemic and never really picked it up that much. Maybe join us for paddle one day. I'd love to. Yeah. Do invite me for sure. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, I'm going ask him. I don't think I'm, I'm the one in charge of inviting people. I, no, get, no. I get invited. Okay. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I'm going to ask. Yeah. Do yeah. it for sure. It would be cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fun. Shit. And so how did you get into, I mean, you, you started doing hip hop uh, like a long time ago. Yeah. And what was the group that you were in that was kind of cool? Um, the group I was in was called Bunkman. So, oh, shit. Yeah. Bunkman Chenapenga. You remember that of shit. Of course. Wow. Lash Rubik's. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my best friends. Really? Yeah, we still make music together. He usually produces and mixes my tracks now. No way. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. I didn't know he went that way of back. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I seen all those videos. Yeah, They man. were on King Size yeah. and uh, 7.30 and stuff like that. Exactly. And uh, Frederick, you know, he, yeah. he, used, he directed a couple of them at least. Of course yeah. he did. Of course he did. That was like when Frederick was just a music video monster. Yes. Yeah, he did so many music videos. That's when I became friends with him. Yeah. When around the, I mean, I guess we met in like 2008, 2009 or something. Okay. So that's probably like, you know, when shit was really popping off music, yeah. music video wise. Yeah, absolutely. And he seemed to be getting a lot of traction as well with his, his music videos. And yeah. So we were lucky, lucky to have the opportunity to work with him. Yeah. At that stage of his career and. 
Yeah. So what happened with Bankman? So the thing was that we uh, we had some, uh, of course, like people grow. We were in a group together for I don't know how many years, but like seven years or something like that. Mm. And uh, from the age of like 18, 19, I was some, something like 18, 19 when we got into the group. Yeah. And then uh, we started like growing and uh, and developing as human beings. And we we developed different interests and different like directions we wanted to go. Mm. And also there was like a little bit of drama uh inside some some of the structures inside the the whole uh like group of people yeah and uh and then one of the guys he he kind of uh i wouldn't say got got married but he he uh it was almost it was like he he got into a really serious relationship and they had a kid and like he he got on a different job that demanded a lot of them and like he kind of chose a different life and then that uh removed him a little bit from the group and then uh, we tried to kind of keep it together, just me and Lush. Yeah. And uh, and that kind of eventually started falling apart as well because mm. we were very different. And then when I started doing the yoga thing, yeah, it's like, I was like, ah, yeah, I don't want to make this music anymore, talking about this bullshit and like doing, I needed something else. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, the, the other guys weren't really up for the whole yoga philosophy thing. Gotcha. So, um, so I wanted to go that direction. They wanted to go in a very different direction. Lars, uh, he went like Lars, Lars. He went this very uh, dark trap vibes. Yeah. Uh, for for a while, and uh, and our manager, he uh, he had his his other things going, and then yeah, it's just kind of the whole the house of cards fell apart eventually. Yeah. And then we split up uh, and didn't really talk much for for a little bit. But then we started like reconnecting again, and and then we started looking through all these like different projects that we never released. We have like I don't know three albums recorded that we never released, plus a bunch of different other tracks. Yeah, we went and uh, we made an album with a bunch of Danish rappers. Yeah, and an album with a group called Huga Troopers. Okay, uh, and when we listen back to it, it's like a lot of it is pretty good. Like at that time, it was really good. Yeah, now it's a little bit outdated, but mm. so it's a shame we didn't release it, but. Uh, yeah, now we're here and, and lots of good stuff happened after. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like sometimes people and artists fall into this trap of not releasing things that yeah. m maybe they like they fall into the perfectionist trap. Absolutely. And like looking back, sometimes it's just about re releasing things. You don't even know what's going to catch. But I don't know. It's, it, it's a balancing act because maybe you're not happy with it. You're not proud of it. And then you go, ah, we shouldn't release it. We're not proud of it. But sometimes you just got to go like, fuck it. Somebody, it might appeal to a bunch of people, even though right. we're not feeling it. I don't know, you know, like like you said, when you're looking back, like maybe you should have done it. It's like a. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of it should have been released. Uh, yeah. Right. And uh, we might have been in very different places uh, in our music careers if we actually released that at that time. Yeah. Uh, and I'm still like, I'm working on that still, like this perfectionist mindset thing that I, I can get into. Because yeah. like I have a vision, you know, I have this idea of what it's supposed to sound like. But usually when I stick with it and I kind of uh, kind of nag the people I'm working with a little bit, like, dude, we got to go another round with the mix because it doesn't sound right, you know? Mm. And then uh, and then we do. And then it sounds right. Yeah. So usually after like one or two or three more rounds, it does sound right. And uh, and yeah. it feels different. Like I usually my I can feel it in my body if it's right or not. Yeah. So the if the body rejects it, mm. there's something not right with some of the frequencies or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 a felt more. It's but sometimes I can get into the overthinking thing. It's not just a felt thing. It's a, like a my my thoughts are running. running yeah. Loose, yeah. 
A lot of comedians are like that. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. So how are you like that? Or how are you like that? I'm kind of like, I have, uh, okay, here's a, here's a good example. So yeah. I am like that when it comes to releasing jokes that I film when I'm performing on stage. Like I should, I've got like tons of jokes that I should probably just post on the internet, but I never feel like, oh, I don't know, I don't like it. Or, I'm not proud of it or anything like that, but they're good. And like, they do really well when I'm there. And I just, for whatever reason, I just think, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to release it. And so I I fall into that trap as well. But then like when I do release things, like fucking, like it goes really well. Mm. So I, I'm in the same situation. But, uh, you know, I can, I, I release a lot of shit from the podcast these days, at least anyway. So I'm kind of like focusing on that. But I should definitely f- fucking take my own, you know, advice on things and, just we, most of us should most of us have really good advice we're just shit at following, it, following isn't that it ourselves. weird it is really it's so weird. weird dude i got a fucking friend and he is like very overweight and very out of shape but he has the best nutritional advice <laughs> and every time i talk to him about something dude he comes with like solid scientific based evidence references reports in conversations and he always says everything right and I go, dude, you're like a wealth of nutritional knowledge. Why don't you follow it? Mm. And he goes, oh, I don't know. I just can't do it. Hmm. Yeah, that is weird. But knowledge doesn't always equal action. Of course not. That's the thing, right? Like everybody knows what they should be doing, but nobody does it. Right. Or some does it and usually they succeed if they just keep keep at it. Yeah. yeah. Some do it. And then they just, they, yeah, they keep going. It's, it's a weird thing, man. It's a weird thing about human beings mm. because there's so many pulls in different directions. And the pull that you have for yourself, like your sense of self mm. and your sense of I should be doing what I know is right, is constantly under skirmish from all these other external influences, yes. which are fighting for your discipline and are fighting for your control and are fighting for your attention. Yeah, attention is a big one these days. Yeah, right. I find myself like... Like I'm in the middle of making a, a track and I'm I'm in a f- basically in a flow state mm. and then like I get a message or something yeah. and I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna check that and then I check it and suddenly I find myself like half an hour later just scrolling like an idiot yeah like what the fuck happened and yeah like, put the phone down it's like okay put that away and then and then a, f- a little while after I find myself scrolling again I don't even know how the phone ended up in my hand it was over there on the couch and yeah. now it's in my hand again yeah and like that kind of like everyone is fighting for our attention all the time and yeah. it's like it's harder and harder to actually stay focused on the task at hand. Yeah. And that is, that can be very frustrating. So, uh, I've had, I had, a, I had to go a few rounds with myself recently to figure out like, how do I, how do I get out of that? Mm. How do you get out of that? I like what I've been doing is been, I've been, uh, putting like a time limit limit on Instagram. Mm. Uh, and I've also been deleting Instagram for a few weeks at a time. Yeah. Uh, and that actually does help a lot. Yeah. But then, uh, <laughs> So when it comes to the music business, what I've found, I've been like really resisting, you know, TikTok. I've been resisting it a lot uh, for many different reasons. Mm. But um, what I see happening again and again and again is that people, uh, they succeed due to having some sort of hype on TikTok that they get like a track, they get traction for a track on TikTok and then they release it and it blows up. Yeah. And they get like super popular and, and they get to play all these concerts and they get go get really successful. Uh and it seems like you, uh, unless you're 
already quite established, you kind of need TikTok in order to establish yourself. But it feels like you're selling your soul, yes, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, want yeah. it. No. I don't want it. No. And also, it feels like not only that I'm selling my soul, that one is too. I don't want to do like the, the stupid TikTok dances and that shit. I want to release like content that is uh, that is real to me. Yeah. Uh, but um, I'd rather not be on there at all. Yeah. But um, the thing, the main thing is that the thief of attention, like that attention thief. That like, oh, let's add another uh, attention thief to the mix mm. and see how easy that is. I'm like, I'm already struggling just with Instagram, you know? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. yeah. No, it requires a lot of discipline, man. It absolutely does. But mm. I, you know this, like you have all these like uh, really big companies paying the smartest people in the world to design apps on phones that are... To make them as addictive as possible. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's their business model. Yep. So it's like, you know, you're like, you're really fighting against billion dollar corporations. Right. And the more you scroll, the more ads they sell, the yeah. more money they make to employ more people to make things more addictive. Right. It's a pretty fucked cycle, actually. It is. And, you know, I, I got to like, I do a few things because I'll end up like going down these like infinite scroll loops as well. But a couple of things that I do is like I have a Kindle. So if I'm like on a bus or on a train or something, whenever there's an opportunity to pull out my phone... Uh, I'll pull out the Kindle mm. instead and I leave my phone charged in another room when I'm at home. Mm. Uh, and sometimes I even put the phone in the car and I just fucking go up to the apartment. Yeah, Especially if I'm, with, if I'm with my like uh, my girl and my kids. I don't care if anybody calls me, man. Do you know what I mean? I don't, right. I'm not missing anything. Everybody's here. Everybody's fine. That's the one thing that people always say like, oh, how do you like spend less time? Oh, what if somebody tries to get in, a hold of me? What if it's an emergency? What if, okay, yeah, I, I get that. But when you're with everybody, you know everybody's cool. Fuck that emergency. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It's never with an that. emergency either. It's hardly ever. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I can't even remember the last time I had an emergency, emergency phone call. Nah. No. No, no, no. I mean, I get them every now and again for like work and, but it's not really an emergency. It's like, no, it's hey, more can like you, hey, can you please step in right exactly. now? Yeah. Can you do this last minute, somebody this? And it's no big deal if I miss it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's also a thing I've been thinking about, the whole emergency thing. But yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. They get you with the emergency thing. Right. Because it's so urgent. And you're constantly like, you know, with all the pressure from the news and everything, you're on like a state and like a, a heightened state of alertness. Yeah. You're like, oh, wow, oh, war in the Ukraine. Oh, my God. Inflation. Oh, they're rising the bank prices. Oh, food. Oh, I'm alert. I'm alert. I'm alert. I need my phone there. I got to check. What if there's a problem? This is bullshit, man. Yeah, it's just to keep, again, it's a, a war for your attention. That's yeah. what's going on. But exactly. And when you have a war for your attention, I feel like a part of your discipline, right? Like your discipline is split because now you're like, you're outsourcing or you're, you're dedicating a certain amount of like mental resources towards something which isn't important. And then like your amount of discipline kind of decreases. And then you go, oh, well, it's just an... I don't really know where I'm going with this, but it's kind of just like this infinite cycle, which spills over to other areas of your life. So like if I'm spending more time because if I'm spending more attention towards Instagram, I'm spending less attention towards writing jokes, towards performing jokes, towards filming jokes, towards putting those jokes out on social media exactly. or, or wherever, you know? So it kind of like, it, yeah, it's fucked. It's fucked. It breaks up my creative flow as well with the music and... And also, like, if I'm planning yoga sequences or whatever I'm doing, it's like it breaks it up. And mm. then I get I kind of fall out of the flow and it takes a little while to get back into it, you know? Yeah. So sometimes I don't even get back into it. No. And, but I yeah. have a Remarkable. Uh, have you seen those? Yeah, uh, I got one. Yeah. yeah. You got one, yeah? Yeah. So I, I just got the keyboard for it. 
Oh, cool. Uh, which is uh, oh, that's dope. It's dope, man. It's really yeah. dope, actually. Uh, and I uh, I got it yesterday, so I try I st- started playing around with it yesterday. Yeah. And it just uh, opens this whole uh, new realm of possibilities in order to or with uh, working without being disturbed. I could just like put the phone away if I'm mm-hmm. able to, mm-hmm. and uh, not being too concerned about the potential emergencies. Yeah. And uh, and just type away, and there's no distractions. There's nothing to kind of. There's no app uh, or no website trying to get me to log in or check this notification yeah. or whatever the fuck it's like this it's just that yeah yeah the good thing about the remarkable as well is that it's like a digital paper it's not, it doesn't yeah. have that blue light right and so you can uh, it feels like paper when you write on it yeah and uh, you can also download uh, that's also a little life hack that I, I discovered recently you can download pdfs of different books so i found yeah. like a bunch of different books i've been wanting to read wow and i just downloaded the pdf and i loaded it into it and now i have all of these stored in this little device yeah that's good that's yeah. really good I, I read on the kindle and yeah. it's kind of like digital paper as well but it's still i think the i think the it's better with the with the remarkable because it's bigger yeah you know the kindle i mean the kindle's good for traveling but sometimes it's like man like the words are really small you know what i mean i feel like i'm turning the page like every 20 seconds yeah you're a monocle yeah and i'm just pushing the button next page read next page <laughs> next page shit okay yeah, so getting these like that's interesting how technology takes us to this place where we now need uh, devices to uh keep our attention away from the apps and away from the what, what? so that's a new development in technology is that direction yeah it's, it, it is new but it's happening the thing that like i draw parallels to when it comes to like this attention thing that like everybody seems to be struggling with is food like i feel like uh, like ultra processed foods are like the TikTok of food. And like more and more people, including myself, like not so much now, but you find yourself like, uh, okay, I'm just going to have this protein bar filled with fucking, you know, ultra processed foods. And then I'm going to just have this like whey protein powder. And then I'm just going to have this grandiose. And you kind of eat so much sometimes that you never feel full. And that's the feeling that you get sometimes when you're scrolling on your phone. Yeah. You just keep going and going and going and going and, and going. feeling more and more empty. Yeah. Ironically, yeah. And I feel like that's a kind of symptom of like modern day society. It's like you just get all of these facets of your life filled with these empty calories, whether it's like empty calories with food, empty calories with meaning in life, empty calories with like infinite scroll loops on your phone yeah and we combine two or three of these things together and then that's basically a a recipe for human misery absolutely yeah absolutely and then we have other things to kind of take us out of that misery like for example yoga or like having a practice Uh, it it doesn't have to be yoga it could be jujitsu it could be uh, calisthenics it could be like or just keeping your body in shape and like or working out and and being active and uh, like working with your mind, like meditating or doing hard workouts that require you to like push through uh, the resistance and, and these kinds of uh, things where you, you're not, you don't have instant gratification. You, you get gratification from actually doing the work. Mm. So I think to balance that aspect of uh, society out, we need more of that. We need to, uh, yeah. yeah to to do something hard to work with something that's hard to do or that requires us to really focus mm. in order to take us out of that uh, just consuming and becoming more and more empty the more we fill up with yeah know. the the pursuit of doing an activity is really important yeah yeah it's, i mean and like a physical activity that's something that connects your mind and your body that's the best absolutely and uh, and 
to me that was what yoga was right yeah it connected all of that and yeah. it took me to that place where like oh shit there's more here i can go deeper and deeper and deeper into it yeah so many aspects and and facets of it uh but now it's like it's also what i've been noticing recently is that uh also uh the yoga environment now that that's become more mainstream when i started doing it like no one's doing yoga it's like it's weird mm. now it's different now mm. it's like plenty of people are doing it. even like the rappers that used to make fun of me kind of like behind my back for for pursuing the yoga thing <laughs> they're coming along now like dude bro help me out man i'm fucked like my back yeah, is yeah, broken exactly. okay can we do something about this i'm stiff as a log like can i join your classes and i'm like of course man it's like because there's nothing in me that wants them to stay away from that i'd rather have them find that and be able to 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 feel that for themselves and open up and, and feel more comfortable and be a better version of themselves i guess yeah like that, that's what we want like more people to pursue these things but i've found that in the yoga uh, uh now that's become more mainstream it's like uh usually classes used to be like 90 minutes or two hours that was back in the day like that was it because then you get like the full practice you get like to cover the whole body you get to meditate you get that long uh, shavasana uh, relaxation at the end and all that but now it's like the classes are getting shorter and shorter and shorter and uh, it's like 75 minutes is the new uh, 90 ni or uh, even the new two hours yeah and then the the 60 minutes the new 90 minutes mm. and then you have like 45 minutes and 30 minute classes and it's like it's just going in that direction because people because it seems like that someone or the 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 business community yoga community feels like oh people just want it fast and and be done with the workout and go go about their day you know yeah but when i talk to people in the classes it seems like most of them would really like for the classes to be 90 minutes yeah but um and then you have like uh class pass and bruce and these kinds of uh which are they're really good in order to get people to check out different places and i, I really like uh the the whole concept and idea behind them mm. that it makes it available to many people to check out they can go do yoga and then jujitsu and then they can go, can go climbing and then go do sauna and and it's all in one thing but it also is kind of the Spotify of the yoga world or the workout world where it takes, uh, it makes so that the, the yoga businesses, they earn less because they have to compromise and they have to go into these deals with these, these apps. So they make less and uh, they think that people want faster, <laughs> faster and just get, get it over with. Mm. So they cut down on the classes and then that again... Yeah, I get yeah. you. So it just keeps going in that direction. Everything's like faster, faster, more and more, quicker, quicker. And I don't know if that's the way, you know? No, well, I guess from their point of view, they're like, well, if we get shorter classes, we get more people in and then more people like might join up for the membership because we can offer more classes in a night or something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I, I see what you mean. Like, um, I, I really enjoyed the 90-minute like Bikram classes, you know, that, and, and then they shorted them down to like 75 and they have like 60-minute options as well. Yeah. But like to get the full, you know, 90-minute experience, there was like nothing better. Right? Yeah. So the 90 minutes is like, I feel like that is like the threshold or that is like the... That is like what we need to get the whole package. Yeah. Man, I, th you know, the thing is like after I lost Raw, which I was a member at since like fucking before Maya owned it. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a member there since a long time. Mm. Uh, I, I, I never really found a yoga studio that had a lot of 
times available that I could go to that was kind of near my place. And then I ended up joining high yoga. Yeah. Because it was like, okay, it's uh, got the Sats membership with the weights and then I get the high yoga. But I resisted it for like a long time because Sats were the company that bought up Jim Illa and I was kind of resentful for that. Mm. And then I was kind of like, this isn't really like a yoga. This is like the McDonald's of yoga. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it, it might not really be like that, but that's kind of like how I felt at least anyway. And I've been there and it's nice and it's good, but they just... Like the reason I signed up with high yoga was because they just offered a huge volume of classes mm. and that was it. And a lot of the yoga places that I looked at, they had like maybe one class in the morning on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then they had like one or two classes in the evenings mm. and they were often like not that many spots. So then I go, oh, if I join one of these places, I got to pay like fucking a thousand kronas a month to, you know, so... Then I ended up going with like with high yoga because at least I could get there and they had spots and I could train all from day to night. Yeah. But I didn't really feel like there was a, like a lot of options in the yoga space. But mm. where do you teach? And maybe I'm wrong. What's the? No. Yeah. I. I. I, I mean, you're you're right in uh, at least uh, to a certain degree. Yeah. And uh, I do find that the. Uh, I do understand that uh, view on the high yoga thing. Mm. I've also been a high yoga member quite for quite some time because I have friends who work there, so I get like a really good uh, deal, mm. and uh, and I've been uh, substituting there a little bit. And I do find it to be like a quite. It's a nice place. It's like, nice. It's, it's, it's nice. It looks it's good. Really nice. It's it's clean. It's like uh, and some really good instructors and uh, and also there's this this uh, corporate vibe to it. That's as well. the thing. And that's the, what messes fucks with me. Yeah. Me too. I don't like the corporate vibe. No, I mean no. I don't like that. It's it's like I know that it's this big corporation that owns Fresh Fitness, that owns Evo, that owns Sots, and they're basically getting a monopoly on fitness. And they're cynical as fuck. Yeah, yeah. right. So, yeah, so it's like. So I don't, I don't trust that. No. It doesn't resonate with the yoga spirit. That's why I, the perfect situation for me is like finding a yoga studio that has like a lot of times available that yeah. isn't so unaffordable. But the problem is that like they have to have prices at like. 1400 kronas 1500 kronas a month just to stay open yeah and and if they have more classes that the price you know the, there's a correlation between the amount of classes and the prices that they can put on so they try to find a medium balance with doing maybe two or three classes a day that i might not have the time to go to but the membership like like bikram yoga oslo i think the, i don't know what the membership is there man but it's probably fucking super expensive yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, I spoke. To, I, I I don't know. It's probably like I would say it's probably between twelve hundred to fifteen hundred kronas a month. Yeah. But I feel like, like that's that. most places these days, right? Because they had to crank up the prices, and I do think that's also due to the the class pass and the Bruce thing. That yeah. a lot of people they they uh, they don't want to become members and pay like a thousand a month. Uh, they they'd rather pay what like seven eight hundred uh, a Bruce or whatever it is, and then. Uh, and then attend just to, maybe because maybe, maybe they're at, they're at a yoga place mm. for like there are two of the teachers that they really enjoy and they usually go to their classes yeah and that's it mm. and then they pay a thousand a month to go yeah. to like two classes a week or three classes a week yeah uh, and then with the Bruce they could still go to those classes and they can go to other places and do other things for less money mm. and then that puts this uh, yoga studio in uh, in like a situation where they had to they have to kind of crank up the prices for the members in order to be able to stay afloat mm. and uh, in order to not have to you know pay teachers less for example yeah uh, and these things so it is like uh, yeah 
it is a it's hard uh, hard to balance it and i if, that's why i, I kind of look at the bruce and class pass thingies as like the spotify of the yoga industry yeah because uh what spotify did to the music industry was crazy mm. i was like i feel like, i feel like it was necessary in a certain way because we needed to get that like music more available to everyone yeah and just like at your fingertips because everything is going in that direction so you can't have music like lagging behind but still it made it so that people can stream millions and not make any money of it almost and if you sold millions of singles back in the day that would be <laughs> that would be that you'd make a lot of money off that you know and now you have to make money off gigs and then the record labels are like okay wait you you're you're making all your money off gigs we want in on that so they want like 360 deals where they kind of sign people and they had they take a little bit of money off everything they do rather than just the record sales for example yeah and i feel like that's like it's that kind of vibe is like seeping like gradually into the yoga community and yoga environment yeah. as well yeah, uh, yeah. And it's contradictory it doesn't feel like that is compatible no yeah. Dude, the Spotify thing is pretty interesting because I remember like when I was growing up, I would spend $30 on a CD once every one or two weeks. Mm. Most often I could buy two a month. And that's what I saved up my money for, to buy a CD. Mm. And I would go to the store and we would listen to it and we'd go, hey, can you put this on? Can we check this out? And there would be all these listening stations, like five listening stations where they would play the CDs for you. You could skip it and all that kind of shit. And it was like this really big experience. And every time you bought a CD, it was like a careful choice. You read reviews in the source. You were like making sure like, oh, do I want this one? Oh, you would go with a friend. You go, hey, I'll get this one. You get that one. And then you would go home and you'd listen to the whole album like mm. for, until you bought another one. Right? Yeah. Multiple times. Multiple and times from beginning to end. And the, the, the hits that were maybe the ones you liked the first time you listened to it, they kind of fell into the background eventually and then the other tracks came forward like oh wow this is a really good track i just needed to listen to it 20 times before i understood it yeah, yeah. exactly but it was 30 dollars. that was like 20 years ago it was, yeah. it was a lot and then you know like with spotify like you, you can pay 30 dollars a month or whatever it is 20 bucks a month yes. and you get everything you get all of it hmm. and uh, so it seems like it's a good deal for the consumer yeah uh, and I think that's kind of dirty with Spotify is I think the labels own a part of it as well. They do. Right? Yeah. So they're getting the money from both sides, from the people that are listening and paying their subscriptions and from the artists that they have the royalty deal with. Yeah. So it kind of feels like, I don't know, that, that feels dirty. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's hard to navigate as an artist as well. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's a hard business, isn't it? The music business? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I think it's hard globally, probably. Yeah. In, in Norway, the community is, is so small. It's like, of course, it's growing and there's more people and more people making music and it's more op opportunities to make music because it's software, it's more available and all that. Mm. But it's still a very small, little closed community with a bunch of gatekeepers and like... In Norway? Yeah really yeah it's like that still okay so. so the gatekeepers are probably like the labels yeah it, it could be, be labels some labels some some management some uh some uh, people who have influence on the industry somehow maybe they're like uh, uh they're executives or they're uh, working in radio or they're working with uh, they're writing reviews or they're uh, like the people in magazines or newspapers that are uh like the task with writing about the music and then they pick and choose who gets yeah who gets uh, to be kind of uh, who gets to shine or not mm. necessarily shine i mean even even a shitty re review is better than no review even uh 
this is bullshit, I fucking hate this, is better than no response and just uh, silence, radio silence, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, so it's this... Uh, uh, but that's also changing a little bit because now people have more reach as independent artists due to Spotify and all these things, which is also a really positive thing that comes out of it. Mm. It's like, okay, you don't want it, I can release it myself. Yeah, I feel like though that like when it comes to blowing up, what you really need is some kind of institutional recognition yeah. that what you do is good. And I feel like you need that with comedy and I feel like you need that with music. Is that globally or in Norway? I would say in Norway. Yeah, me too. I would say in Norway. I would say like, I, I, know, I know people that do, uh, say for example, like comedy. And if they get on like a TV show, you know, whatever, or they perform like, if they open for somebody who's big, then they get recognition mm. from somebody who, or an institution who's like, okay, look, we recognize this guy should have a spot at like Latta Live or on an NRK show or something. Yeah. Then other people go, oh, okay, NRK bet on this guy. Let's give him a chance. Right. And, yeah. And he might be like um, equally as good as somebody who didn't get that uh, opportunity, but more people will, you know, recognize him or his career will go better than somebody else because of the you know the institutional acknowledgement yes and, and the same with radios uh, with music like if you get your song on the radio or it gets written up there's a review or something people that are reading it they go oh okay vega decided to give this a music review or now i'm listening to this on like uh corpetre or something yeah yeah so uh, a friend of mine actually uh, his name is Jonas Benyub. Mm -hmm. So he he's doing quite big with the music these days. Uh, he's getting a lot of recognitions, which is really well-deserved. He's been working on his craft for so many years, mm. like putting in the work, and he's been um, like respected within the rap community. But outside of it, it's been like, uh, yeah, maybe not so much recognition. Not uh, People have really didn't get their eyes uh, open, or they didn't really open their eyes to him until recently, where he, uh, he was a featuring artist on the Karpe, Karpe album. Oh yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, nice. So he he got on that, and then suddenly, like, it seems like everything changed yeah. for him. Like suddenly, he's just like everywhere, and like he won Spellman, and he's like all these things are happening because he was doing that, not because uh, he didn't have the talent or all the the whole package already, mm. but bef because they needed to see him with those people that yeah. they already respect to yes. say like, okay, we can respect him too, kind of. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it seems to be. Uh, that's how it seems to work, at least in Norway. I don't know how it is globally. Like yeah, that. but you need to have both things. Like your friend, he was good. And like the people that yeah. go on Laughter Live or get it, and I can, they're good. Yeah. So you're not going to get those opportunities if you're not good. So you've got to be good. And then when something like that comes along, you get on like a, a featuring track with Copper, for example, mm -hmm. then things start taking off. Yeah. Yeah. Which is understandable as well. It's of like, course. It's very understandable. So I'm not kind of rejecting that as a... a um, as a thing i think it's uh it makes sense but also it's like uh as an artist sometimes you just want to uh <laughs> you just want to create uh, music and, and uh, be true to the craft and and create art and then and then you have to be like a marketing uh guy you have to be uh, like really into the networking you have to use the social media you have to do all these things in order to be recognized uh yeah that's why i mentioned it because like it is possible for you to put out a, or anybody to put out a spotify track or you know a comedy album or whatever yeah but you got to get attention on it or you, yeah. you got to get people to somehow see it and that that's where it seems to be like 
there's a discrepancy between the war for your attention. That's it. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Because you could have like you could have like the best song hmm. on something, but it won't get as much attention as like a song that's as half as good that gets played on the radio. Yeah, that's the thing. You see that with like uh, there's like some random uh, reality show where some girl makes fun of another girl and calls her a lot, lots of names. And then they take that and they sample the vocals mm. and they make it into a track that yeah. sounds horrible. Yeah. And it, it's like topping the charts. Yeah, that's it. It's crazy. It's, and weird. it's the shittiest song ever. Yeah. But it is connected to that thing that people know this and they think it's kind of funny and, mm. and they check tune into that. And yeah. That, uh, that's why a lot of like uh, comedians make jokes about like really popular events. Like, yeah. yeah, of course. Like yeah. if something just happened in the zeitgeist, you know, where, where it's like certain May, for example. Oh, mm. that's a good thing. Or like if there's a big, like, like, I've been doing a couple of comedy sketches lately. And uh, we did a comedy sketch about the police beat down in Kongsberg. And we did a comedy sketch about... I saw it actually. You're right. <laughs> it's so funny. It's, yeah. it's, it's stupid and funny. And, yeah. and we did another one very similar to that for the um, Barmer. The bomber cocaine scandal. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I saw that. Yeah, one too. yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we did that because it's this really big hype. There's a lot of energy around mm. that, and when there's a lot of energy around something, mm. if you acknowledge it, then like you can kind of ride that energetic wave a little bit yes. to get some attention around your own thing. So that's why we chose both of those topics, and that's what people that make samples out of you know, like reality TV things. They're like, oh, that's really popular right now. Let's sample it, get the song out. And it is a good, it's business smart. It's a strategy. It's a good strategy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, so how, how's the climate with the, with the comedy these days? Because now it's like, it's a little bit like worldwide. Mm. There's a lot of things you can or cannot say and people get really offended and it's like a lot of things going on. Uh, how, how does that affect your comedy? I'm curious. It's touchy. Yeah? It's touchy. You got to be careful. Yeah? Absolutely. There's a lot of woke audiences. Yeah? Yeah. And th that like vibe of being careful about what you can joke with is really spreading quickly. Yeah. So you got to kind of, sometimes you, you got to be really careful about what you can say and what you can't say. It's different. And it's different inside of Oslo than it is, you know, in Lofoten, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in like urbanized environments, you have a lot more woke audiences. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But uh, people, are, you know, like the world is changing and people are, I feel like what you can joke about is like theoretically, you should be able to make fun about everything. That's it. That's, that's it. You know, you should be able to make fun about every single thing type of person anything that you want yeah. okay that's it and maybe it's not a good joke or let's say it is a good joke but it's because there's this big kind of debate about punching up and punching down and that's always like this oh there's these jokes are punching down now you're making fun of like <laughs> handicapped people or this or that you know and so but if it's funny it's funny that's the thing i agree and the, the whole punching down thing is also like okay I, I see what they mean but also it's like it seems to be a strategy to shut you the fuck up you know and for them to get attention right that's the thing they're using that as a way to get attention for themselves yeah they're just like these they're riding the energetic wave they are they are man you get these people that are not really creating anything of this of themselves or they're just like critics or they're trolling the scanning like you know the internet or your comedy material to find something to complain about yeah and th that's the real problem because th these are these people who are probably like ultra i don't know man like they they're kind of like karens 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. A, a lot of them. Yeah. A lot of them like Karens. And you, you could... Here, here's an example. I have a I have an example from my life of something that has happened. I, I, I said to... Uh, I made a podcast clip. And on the clip, my friend said... Uh, and I said, Yeah, extra Bro, I got fucking so not so many messages. I got t- two people that messaged me and then they shared that clip and then they wrote if any of James was saying this about black people, he would get a red card. And then all, all this kind of shit. Like, mm. And then they're, they're mean about it. And then they shared the clip and they wrote all this stuff on their stories. And then they wrote to me and they said, this one chick said, if you don't take it down, I'm going to share this and tell everybody. And it was like this kind of like, hush the technique. Yeah. It was like this kind of like, take it down blackmail. I was like, oh. Did you take it down though? You know what? I took it down. Okay. I did. I took it down. Actually, I called the woman. Mm. One, one woman seemed to be like a little bit like disheveled like mentally unstable mm. and and then i called this other chick and i spoke to her and she said listen i have a daughter that's born with down syndrome mm. and i was like you know what I, I i don't care about this clip but i wish i didn't take it down i regret mm. taking it down but the pressure got to me you know they shared it to like they each had a couple of thousand followers and i i i, I kind of cracked under the pressure mm. and i was like you know what i just fuck it i'll take it down it's very understandable though because like uh these these ki- things can like really get to you, and people start getting really mean about it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and they're uh, and very often like offended on behalf of someone else, and then they start getting mean and start offending you, and it's like exactly, it's, uh, and, and there's like a contradictory element there as well. It's like, yeah, uh, you're not allowed to uh, punch down, yeah. but I am allowed to say whatever the fuck I want about you. And they were mean to me. This. They were yeah. mean. They, they, exactly. In their post, they were saying all the shit that they knew. What is it about 55-year-old guys that... I go, why did you say I was 55? You know, I'm not 55. She goes, <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to kick back at you. I go, oh, well, that's a cunty thing to do. Right? She goes, yeah, I know, but, you know, whatever. They're like trying to be the good Samaritan and then, exactly. and then coming along, kicking you. So I, that's what I kind of like... You know, I realized that, like... Well, I mean, you know, I'm a dirty comedian and I like making jokes about whatever the fuck I think is funny. And sometimes that's not for everybody and it wasn't for them. Hmm. And that's okay. And if that joke isn't for you and you got a little bit offended about it, okay, then just be offended. Yeah, go find a different comedian that you resonate with. Exactly. Go find somebody else's fucking Instagram clips. Watch them. You don't need to like, oh, take the clip down. I'm giving you... This is what this bitch said. She goes, (laughs) I'm giving you 30 minutes to take the clip down. Otherwise, I'm going to share you this as a story and tell all of my followers that you don't like Down syndrome people. And I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's, what you mean. It's just like, it's, it's whack. Hmm. So, but now my stance, is, my stance is that like everybody, everybody is uh, a, 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 on the menu. You know what I mean? I'm going to yeah. make fun of whatever or whoever. I think is funny. Thank you. Yes. And I think it's discrimination not to make fun of those people. I think it's boring if we just make fun of like 55 year old FRP white guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? You should be able to make fun of somebody in a wheelchair or you should be able to make fun of somebody who's growing up in an impoverished part of the country. You should be able to make fun of because there's humor in everything. Yes. And once you start like going, oh no, I, I can't recognize the humor in your existence. You're not, you're not acknowledging them. Hmm. You're just ignoring them. You know what I mean? It's like you, you, you've probably seen a lot of like rap roast battles or comedy roast. I used to partake in those back in the day. Did you? Yes. Nice. 
That's good. But then that, that was like, that was, there was a different climate back then. We could say anything. Yeah. Like I would, uh, dude, I would uh, talk about this guy's wife standing. He was, she was standing there. Yeah. Like I was talking about her and how she was such a slut that she used to like the monolith, the uh, Inferno Parkin, monolithen. Yeah. As a dildo because she needed so many guys up her uh, and like all these kind of things. Yeah. And we used to, like that, that was the kind of thing we used to throw at each other. Yeah. And people would laugh their asses off. And, exactly. and of course, someone got offended. She got offended. She left. Yeah. But like, uh, and I, understand and i actually apologized a few years later i was like dude I was, i'm sorry about that one that was that was a dirty one but, you know <laughs> but that's the game that's the game, that's the and game. That, you're, you're in it and yeah like i lost a bunch of rap battles and i won a bunch of rap battles and it's like uh, and i got and some of the the jokes that people <laughs> like when people took a piss at me like, it was uh it was good it was a good joke mm. it, was, it was hard hitting and i didn't like it but it was good yeah and it's like undeniably uh you have to point. respect you it. You have to respect that. You're in a rap battle. Yes. This is, they're going to shoot at you. Yeah, but then you're signing up for it. But yep. like, I don't know how rap battles are these days. Like when every, everyone is like uh, like walking on eggshells, egg if that also transfers into that. Cause it's been a bunch of years since I did that thing. Mm. But yeah, um, I think you should be able to uh, make fun of uh, basically anything. Or at least like bring forward the humor in the existence of whatever it might be. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I right? agree with that. Yeah. So yeah, th that's what I think the politi That's what I think the climate is like in comedy at the moment. I yeah. think that like it's moving towards this. Okay, be careful what you kind of joke about. The topics that you can joke about are kind of under scrutiny. I get it. Yeah. But I see some like that maybe uh, more like really uh, well established, super famous uh, American. Uh, comedians, for example, mm. who are uh, who doesn't give a shit about that. They just yeah. keep doing their thing, and then yeah. they the people try to cancel them, and they try to to break them, and uh, they don't. They just don't allow it to. Yeah, they just keep going, and then uh, and then they see that people keep showing up for their their things because people want it. Yeah, it's not like the whole culture is is actually offended by all these things. A lot of people are actually refreshed by the the uh, the take that some of these comedians has on on society and on different parts of society. I you think. just have to be honest. That's the thing. Yeah. You just have to resonate with people like from a place of honesty about what you think is funny. And, yeah. and, and, and you know what I mean? Like that's it. Like there's this Australian comedian at the moment who's, he's like getting, they pulled him before the human rights tribunal because somebody in the audience complained because he made a joke about Aboriginals. And, and wow. I know, and it was a, like, it was a, I think it was just one person complained. And then, like, it's a human rights tribunal. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And, uh, and I wonder if, uh, I wonder what this, uh, what causes this to be a thing now? What causes this climate to, to become what it is these mm. days? Is it like, because I don't think it's niceness. I don't no. think it's people trying to be compassionate and nice, like, genuinely. I think it's something else. Yeah. I think it's attention, man. Yeah, the that's, war for your attention. That, that's there what I really. Again. That's what I really think it is. I really think it's these people that are just looking to, uh, you know, ride the wave of somebody else's hard work by mm. criticizing them and then being seen in the same level of spotlight as them without mm. having to put in the work. That's what I really think it is. Yeah, dude, I I think that sounds very plausible. Mm. And uh, and I think it's uh, sorry. I th I think it's people that don't understand that comedy is not real life. Yeah, that's what I also think. It's entertainment, it is. exactly. They're supposed to make you laugh. That yeah. is the name of the game. Yeah, like if you watch a movie, like say for example, like fucking, I don't know, like 
Reservoir Dogs or you're not like gonna get angry that the actor killed somebody. Like, oh my god, mm. that or let's say John Wick. Like John Wick's killing three hundred and fifty people per movie. Mm. You're not gonna go, Oh, Keanu Reeves is so bad for killing all those people. You go, It's an entertainment. It's an, it's a it's a, it's a it's a movie, guys. They didn't really blow up the Death Star. Fucking relax. These are just jokes. It's just jokes. I might not believe all of this shit. I'm just creating an art form in storytelling format mm. for you to enjoy and laugh at. Mm. It's not a necessary reflection on how I think about everything. It, it can be, but it doesn't have to be. Mm. So, you know, I feel like people need to kind of divorce the art from the artist mm. sometimes. Yeah, and I've, uh, I've heard that in uh, certain states in the United States, they, uh, they're implementing laws that prevent... Uh, rappers from getting convicted uh using their lyrics as uh, evidence in court oh they're gonna stop that yeah that, ah. at least some states are they're implementing laws to uh, uh avoid that happening because yeah. they they recognize that as an art form and that they may, might talk about killing someone or shooting someone and it's it's not true exactly it's just it's just they're trying to live up to this image or whatever it is yeah yeah i think that's good man because you, you listen to like so many rap songs whatever like you know ice cube or notorious big when he's singing about like people coming to rob him and like oh shit you got a red dot on your head oh you got a red dot on your head too oh mm. shit you know what i mean and all of the lyrics it's kind of like a story about like a gang war or something that they've done and it's not true it's just a fucking dope story. Yeah. It's entertainment. It's escapism. Hmm. There is this cool... Man, there's this fucking... Like, I love hip-hop. I love it. I love it. But the hip-hop that I love the most is like the most... like Almost like the darkest, most aggressive, like violent, criminal-based, hardcore hip-hop. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what I fucking love. Like, I love that shit. And... If that got watered down because of like current woke culture and people couldn't start, couldn't keep rapping about like shooting cops or fucking drive-bys or selling drugs or any of that shit, I feel like it's a great loss to the art form. Yeah. You know? I get what you mean. Yeah. I also noticed how these, uh, that kind of rap, sometimes I really enjoy listening to it and I grew up on listening to a lot of that shit mm. and I still do every now and then. But I also became aware uh, at some point about like how um, how these things like the kind of the energy of the track affects my mood and how I feel. Mm. And sometimes, like if I'm like doing a, like a workout, a heavy workout or something, it's it's maybe very compatible. Mm. When I'm like sitting on a bus looking out the window, and then I I hear like people just screaming in my ear about killing people and, uh, and all these things, and like I. I I notice how it affects me in a negative way. Yes. So it's, uh, and I, I backtracked that to when I was like, I don't know, 16 ish, listening to uh, like, I was like Jedi mind tricks, nonfiction, like these uh, necro and like these, uh, these kinds of rappers. Mm. And I was always like, of course, like teenagers are often a little bit depressed just because they're teenagers and that's, they're all the hormones and everything. Yeah. But I noticed that I was like, I was walking around in that mind state uh, and like a quite dark place in my mind. But all the music I was listening to was really dark as well. Yeah. And then I, I noticed that uh, in re like not recent years, but uh, when I was like twenty something, twenty two maybe one, twenty one, twenty two, I noticed how music actually affected my mood and uh, the whole experience and the whole like atmosphere of what wherever I, I was. 
Mm. So then I started like uh, kind of tuning into different types of music that made me feel better, feel uplifted. And yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm totally with you. With the uh, people should be allowed to create that music, but I also noticed that for me, it takes me to a place that I don't really want to be often. I understand. Yeah. I, I I totally get that. Yeah. But that's the place I want to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that, that <laughs> right. that's why I'm listening to it. Yeah. Be, because like I'm a very positive person. You know, I have a I would say a pretty fucking happy life and you know I'm a father and I you know I, I do what I love. Like I listen to I mean I I, I do stand up comedy, I do the podcast, I make videos, I take photos, I'm, I'm exercising 2 3 hours every. I'm very happy. Mm. But I also want to stay in touch with like the darker side of humanity. Like yeah. sometimes when I'm watching a movie, like I really want to see, like I, I don't want to watch like some fucking Disney version of Star Wars. You know what I mean? I want to watch fucking, I want to see like the 18 plus. I want to see the negative side of, I want to see the gritty side of things. I totally agree. Exactly. And so when I'm listening to that music, let's say for example, like uh uh, what's his name immortal technique uh, yeah. dance with the devil yeah that's one of my favorite tracks that was one of my favorite tracks back in the day exactly too. and whenever i listen to that song it's i want to be reminded i want to experience that feeling mm. because i'm just going through life 23 hours of the day relatively happy everything's good i want to fucking like tune into this like dark underworld fucking sense of what's going on and i want to feel that mm. so i i seek it often in the in the music as a balance to how positive and great life is in Norway. Do you think that helps you keep your edge? I think so. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. But uh, you know, I just that's the type of storytelling that I enjoy. Like I like dystopic science fiction future stories. Me too. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I, I love like fucking like twenty eight days later zombie apocalypse. I love the madness you know like fucking planet of the apes yeah. you know all that kind of shit mm. that's what i'm those are the stories that i'm kind of drawn towards i like seeing how people react in the shit mm. everything's gone to hell the worst you can imagine 20 survivors earth is dead what are you gonna do that's how i feel like these rap songs are people that are in this place of disparity fighting their ways up or they're like, ah, fucking ugh, rival gangs. I like it as entertainment. I fucking yeah. love it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely get it. Love and I, it. I used to love it more than I do now. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. I still love it to a certain degree. Yeah. But what I've seen in Norway, which is uh, quite like it's, it's happening now, I think it's, it's also calming down a little bit. But it's like, uh, so Sweden got really into the, the gangster rap. Mm and and uh, became like a lot of uh, different like uh, suburbs and places where you really can't go if you're not from there because you're you're not kind of yeah yeah a lot not, of shootings too yeah a lot of shootings people like throwing bombs into uh people's apartment buildings and uh, like blowing up people's moms and shit like it's it's crazy yeah it's not good and then and then uh, some of the norwegian suburb kids and and rappers they look to them mm and they're inspired by them and they try to bring that thing here yeah we don't really have it here we don't need it here really no but still some some of these kids are trying to bring it here and more and more people uh, kids are carrying weapons like guns and knives and there's more and more shit happening and it's a lot due to that side of the entertainment yep and some of these guys are like uh, from what i hear i don't know them personally but f uh, uh, i know some of them personally actually but some of these like gangster rappers that uh, they uh, they tend to uh, talk about stuff that they might not have done. Mm. And then I've heard that sometimes 
actual gangsters, they come along and check them. Gotcha. And they're like, hey, you're rapping about this shit. Like, let's see what you got, you know? Yeah. And then they have to kind of prove that they're mm. about that life. And then they have to, and then they start living that life more and more. And then they get into it. And then they start doing all this shit that hurts all these other people. Yeah. And, and then... Yeah, they get locked up for it or whatever happens, but... Yeah, but that's not what I like. No. What I like is just the art. And the energy of it. Yeah, and, the... and what I like is, it, is that I, I don't care whether it's true. Yeah. Like, I'm listening to Eminem. I, I know he's not fucking chainsawing his girlfriend in the basement. I know he's not doing that. Yeah. I understand that it is not real. And that's the same with, like, comedy. I know it's not real. And with, like, uh, a, a movie. I know John Wick didn't kill those 300 people. And I know that like if I listen to a song by somebody that I know it doesn't, it's not real. It doesn't need to be real. Yeah. But the problem is that m maybe some of these like rappers are thinking that, oh, if I'm rapping about it, it has to be legit. Mm. And that's where things get fucked up. That's when they end up getting into bad situations and getting in trouble. But for me as the listener, you could make a song mm. about like fucking whatever it is. And as long as the rap is good and mm. the story is good, I'm going to resonate with it knowing that it's not true yes that's the difference and that's uh, the same with the comedy you're not trying exactly. to live what you're saying in comedy you're just oh. you're just looking at the world and you're picking things that are funny to you and you exactly. uh, enhance them or you blow them up and you make them yeah very i'm just clear. trying to I'm just, try picture. I'm just trying to make you laugh man yes that's it and it, you know that's it that's all i'm trying to do and yeah. if you're like telling an aggressive hip-hop story you're just trying to entertain me in a way like this is a three-minute action movie mm. that's how i look at some of these like hip-hop songs i go mm, oh shit that's a good way to look at it yeah right like there's a song that i listen to quite every now and again it's like it's called uh, it's ice cube ghetto vet i don't know whether you know that one i i know the title i'm just trying to remember it but, it's, a, it's yeah. a story about a gangbanger yeah who was just walking and then two little kids rolled up on like a bike one mm. was sitting on the handlebars and they go hey are you ice cube he goes yeah and then they go fuck you mm. and then they shoot him and then he ends up in a wheelchair yeah and then like he's rolling up the hill and all the homies say hey can we hide drugs on you and his dick doesn't work and he's eating pussy a lot and he's still <laughs> you know what i mean it's it's I know Ice Cube didn't get shot. Yeah. He's not in a wheelchair. That motherfucker's going fishing and in TV shows. Yeah, right. But it's a story. <laughs> it's a cool story. And I, I, I like it. It resonates with me. But I'm a very story-based hip-hop fan. Mm. You know what I mean? Like some of my favorite songs in hip -hop. Let's say, for example, like uh, Stan by Eminem. Mm. You know, there's three short stories, one per verse. And you go, huh, this motherfucker, he's like just telling stories mm. and they're entertaining they're really visual mm. so when hip-hop is like really visual especially if it's visual in a over-the-top way that like often involves violence or something like that like it really paints a lot of pictures in my head and i go mm. yeah you nailed it all right cool yeah you reminded me of a bunch of different tracks that i haven't heard in years i'm gonna go back i'm gonna go listen back to them <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah dude that's all i'm listening to yeah. i i mean i i have a i basically have the same uh, not all that i listen to a lot i listen to like a lot of new australian hip-hop as well actually because mm. i really like the accents and aussie hip-hop is cool mm. yeah but i'm listening to a lot of old shit constantly yeah yeah well like, i think we tend to listen to a lot of what we grew up on right yeah yeah but also, I like a lot of the new stuff as well. well who's good to listen to new hip hop? Oh, uh, one of my favorites is uh, do you know Absol? Nope. No, it's been one of my favorites for uh, for quite some time now. Hmm. Uh, 
I think I discovered him in uh, around like 2012, 2011, 2012, something like that. Yeah. So he's an American rapper. He's in the uh, Top Dog Entertainment with uh, Kendrick Lamar. I don't think he's there anymore, but uh, with uh, him and Schoolboy Q and J Rock and it's like that that group of people. Mm. And uh, uh, he's uh, he's uh, I found that find that he f has his balance between like uh, having one foot in the streets and like uh, and whatever's going on there yeah and one foot out in space and like uh, psychedelics and spirituality and whatever it might be and then he he is able to uh, weave these together in a very interesting way ah. so I found that to me when I was uh, transitioning from just being like the rapper guy mm. to the yogi rapper yeah then that was really appealing to me because I found that okay there's at least one other person in the world who's uh, connected in both directions yeah uh because uh, in norway i felt faced mostly resistance i found but also a lot of people uh, enjoyed it and wanted it yeah but in the rap community it was a lot of resistance and yeah. uh, and then that uh and that's been changing throughout the years as well but uh to have that one person that was like okay he's doing it and is and people are feeling it yeah so but then i also uh that's also one of the things that's made me want to uh, rap more in English, you know, because mm. then that can connect to that global audience rather than just this little bubble that's mm. back home here. Yeah. Um, so he's one of the people I've been listening to, and there's a guy called a uh, British rapper named Loyal Carner. Okay. Uh, this is just I'm just gonna take the few people who just pops up in my head yeah, right away. Sure. And uh, another American rapper called Saba. It's like m what kind of what I found with all of these is that they seem to be talking about what is actually real to them mm. and uh, they are uh, able to talk about what's going on like here but they're also connected to something uh, that is they're, they're ha they they have like a, a broader perspective on things as well yeah I find yeah um, and uh, they're poetic in how they portray their music mm. so that's what I'm into more these days it's like something that is a little bit hasn't uh an element of poetry in it, not necessarily like, uh, I mean, there's poetry in the gritty, hardcore storytelling as well, right? Mm. But um, yeah, I like when things can be both gritty and in like down on earth and also beautiful and poetic and ethereal. Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I see. I agree. I yeah. totally agree. Yeah. Uh, and deeply personal sometimes that when they really you can feel their emotions you mm. can feel how they were feeling writing this yeah it, it makes me feel that's what i how i connect to music more and more is that it makes me feel a certain way or it, it, it triggers emotions yeah. in me yeah 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 so you reminded me of this australian artist called 360 okay and he has a song about losing a baby mm. and it it'll make you like it's brutal, man. It's like, it's brutal. It's about his wife in the hospital and like, he builds it up really well where like, you know, he's like trying to like look after the mom when she's pregnant and then he rushes her to the hospital. He's so excited. Mm. And then they fucking push the baby out and then the baby was a stillborn. The baby was dead. And then it's like fucking, you know, all the hopes that they had of being a family like disappear and then he starts fucking drinking and the relationship goes to hell and everything. You know what I mean? 
It's a long song, but it's amazing. Mm. It's really amazing. I gotta check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I think I don't know what it's called. Baby by Three Sixty or something. Okay. He's an Australian artist. He's a really good rapper, mm. and he's a he's a he's an example of like a, a rapper that I really enjoy. Who's he's not really gritty. He, he not really. He's like just he's just a really good. He's just got really good flow. Mm. Like he's got good flow. The lyrics are clever, and the beats are good. Like that's mm. that's all I that's all I want. Yeah. You oh, know. Have you heard of Belly? No. No, he's also one of my favorites. But he's more like he's more gritty again and he's he he's talking shit, but he has and he's and he's talk he's he has all these really clever wordplays mm. and he's uh he has this attitude and this presence that's uh yeah, that I find rare. Yeah. Yeah, and he's uh he's I think he's Canadian actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Belly, check him out. He's uh he's one of my favorites these days as, as well. And also this guy named Mick Jenkins. Okay. Has this really like deep rugged voice. So you know when we're finished, I'm gonna give you my Spotify account, and you just find these guys and then add yeah, them yeah, for yeah. me, because I I desperately need to find new hip hop to listen to. All right, cool. I'm, I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Shit, man. No, but uh, fucking yeah. I th I think like oh, that's what I was gonna say. I feel like there's a connection between hip hop and comedy, mm. where like fans want you to be clever. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you say like if you have like a pretty good double triple entendre. Or if you're like putting something together in a way that you go, oh, fuck, you put, you put a lot of effort into that. Mm. Like you thought of that? That's got like layers of meaning. Damn. That's, yeah, man. They recognize the craft of you constructing a good lyric. Mm. And they also recognize the craft behind you constructing a good joke. Do you feel like the Norwegian audience is uh, able to like uh, uh, kind of, get those layers of uh, meaning in a joke that's uh, uh, conveyed in English? Sometimes. Yeah. Some people can, definitely. Yeah. Some people can. Mm. Some people don't master the language or the culture as well mm. to be able to do that. But a lot of the young people definitely can. Yeah, right? Yeah. I, I remember I used to, uh, there was a, a Norwegian uh, comedian who used to do comedy in English and uh, maybe still does that we used to hang out a bunch back in the day and mm. we used to go for walks in the woods every now and then and he'd just like lay all these jokes on me like any, like savage crazy jokes and like really really uh, on point uh, jokes about uh, like society or like government or media or whatever that was like kind of felt almost important that he got that across mm. and that he, he shared that but then he only shared that mostly with like his friends and his close circle and like with me in the woods or whatever mm. Uh, whereas on stage he had a different approach because the Norwegian audience didn't seem to be able to grasp like the layers of meaning when it was in English at that time at least. Did he tell the jokes to you in English? Yeah. Huh. And uh, and I la I was laughing my ass. I was like walking around in the woods for a couple of hours just laughing till it hurt, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and then I I was watching his stand up and I was like and then I I laughed here and there, but it yeah. wasn't it, it, it was playing as too too safe, you know. Yeah. Uh, that's the problem. Trying to accommodate the the crowd rather than just to do the funny. M my goal is I'm trying to play to the smartest or the m most. I I'm not. I don't want to play down. Mm. I'm gonna play. Oh. 80 of you didn't get this joke, but 10 of you did. Mm. And the 10 of you that got that one, you know, you recognize what I, you saw what I did there. Mm. You guys get it. You know, and that, that happens a lot with references. Mm. Like sometimes I just, as a tag, I'll throw like a reference in there, like something kind of obscure, like a Star Wars reference or mm. fucking, you know what I mean? Something like that. And not everybody's, 
you know, heard that song or listened to, or played that video game. I got to like it. I'll mention a bunch of video game references sometimes. But the people that do, they're like, fuck yeah. And those are the people that come up to you afterwards and go, man, when you said that, that's the one. And I go, yeah, nobody else got that. For you got that. It's satisfying, right? Yeah, yeah. it's satisfying. Because then like, I think what you do as well is like, you, you have like, I don't know, man, like you have so many different styles and comedians and genres and stuff like that. But let's say you have a room of like 100 people in the audience. I don't know, you're doing a show with like eight people. You might be the favorite comedian for 10 people, 20 people. And the other people, you, you might be equally as good as the other comedians in the lineup, but they just like jazz instead of hip hop. Right. And that's it. And so I'm not trying to play to everybody. I'm trying to play to my people. If you try to play to everybody, it gets it becomes generic and watered out, watered, watered down and it, it doesn't it doesn't hit as hard. Doesn't it's the same with uh, I find the same with yoga classes actually. Oh, like, yeah. interesting. Uh, yeah, I find different connections between like now comedy and rap. Mm. There's a more co- there are more connections that I actually uh, knew, mm. and but n- now that I see them, it's quite obvious. Yeah, right. But but there is a lot of connection there, and also with the yoga and uh, and the rap as well. There's there are connections there. Yeah, uh, and with like uh, being a yoga teacher, it's not you're not doing a performance, but you kind of are because you, you, you're you're trying to like get the attention, f- the people's attention. Again, you're fighting for their attention, and you're trying to uh, convey something. And then uh, I'm losing track of what I was, uh, where I was going. So uh, the yeah, now remember. So uh, sometimes uh, when I try to make it for everyone, then it becomes like watered down, and it doesn't like no one really connects to it. Hmm. But then when I do it my way, and I'm just being myself fully, and I uh, I try to convey the messages that I feel are appropriate at that time, then I see that maybe it's just two or three in the crowd that really resonate with it or mm. they get what I mean or they see what I'm pointing at mm. and then that resonates deeply with them and they come up after and they're like, dude, that was a great class and then uh, like half the people walk out and they're just like, they're not even looking at me. Yeah. Like, oh, but sometimes people are just shy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Sometimes people do that and they send me a message after or like a half a year later I meet them some different setting and they're like, hey, dude, that class was great and I was like, oh yeah, he didn't even look at me. It was like, because people are just different. They're different. But, um, I find that uh, when you just do your own thing, that's where the magic happens. That's where, where the magic happens, and then that what, that's where people connect to what is true, mm. rather than you trying to make it into something not true in order to please someone. That's what people pleasing. Yeah, yeah, never works. Never works, right? No, 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 no. You gotta do the class that you want to do. Yes, you gotta make the song. You got to make your favorite song. Yes. I got to tell my favorite jokes. Yes. That's that's it. And it's not going to be everybody's favorite jokes, but it's going to be some pers- people's favorite jokes. And you know what? Even if it's nobody's favorite joke, it's my favorite joke, motherfucker. Yes. Yeah. And it's satisfying just to have that joke. Yeah, it's so satisfying. In the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's the essence because if you're not keeping yourself happy, and this is such a cliche, but if you're not keeping yourself happy... You're not really keeping anybody happy, man. No, it is a cliche because it's true. I find that most cliches are cliches because they're they're on point. Yeah, really, they yeah. are. Yeah. So yeah, that one that you uh, you have to kind of uh, yeah you can't share from an empty uh, candy bag of candy. There's nothing in it to share. You have to like 
yeah you have to fill it up and you have to be uh like yeah you have to work on your self-love and your self-respect and your uh, integrity and your uh, uh centeredness within your own being in order to be able to make other people happy as well like if you're in a relationship and you're only trying to please that other person that other person is going to leave eventually probably yeah, yeah of course yeah because because yeah. uh, you need to take care of yourself and you need to uh, uh yeah it's, it's the most important thing yeah. Yes, it, re- it really is. Like you need to make sure that you're living the life that you're supposed to be living. Exactly. And that, that, that really is like the essence of happiness. You know, you have a certain amount of responsibilities and duties to, you know, care for other people and to make sure that people around you are living well. But if you're like, I say this all the time with jujitsu, like jujitsu is a pretty time consuming sport. Like it's a 90 minute class. People train three nights a week, usually Mm. minimum. And it's, you know, it's a 30, you know, you're gone for two, two and a half hours, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Chicks, women, if they're not training, they're at home. They're like, okay, you're going to jujitsu again. You're going to jujitsu again. Hmm. You're going to, are you going to go? You're really going to go? But the thing is like, you know, you got to give and take, but like, if you're not going to jujitsu, you're not happy. Yeah, and then you're not that present within your family and uh, your exactly. home environment, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you, you, sorry, you were going to say something. No, oh, yeah, you were going to say something too. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so you just got to find a way to make it work for you. Yeah. But if you're neglecting yourself, that's like the trap that's going to lead to the ultimate demise for you and your family. Or f- you know, But just f- everything's going to sh- fall apart. Yeah. Like I try to give myself holidays throughout every single day. Every single day. I'm trying to like... Uh, uh, w- work out in the morning, okay? Jiu-jitsu in the evening, comedy in the evening, uh, go to the woods, go to the sauna. I'm always trying to find at least one hour, preferably two to mm. three, where I'm doing things just for me. Mm. And the days that I get to do those things, they're the best days. Yeah. The best days. And those are the days where I'm the best father. Yeah. I'm, right? I'm the best dog owner. I'm the best boyfriend. And, you know, it's just like that. And if, if I go too long without those things, I'm kind of like I'm not feeling good, man. Yeah. I'm not happy. And then I'm a shitty dad, I'm a shitty boyfriend. I did that recently with the music because I was working so much as a yoga teacher. That's also been a weird balance, like mm-hmm. trying to be able to pay my bills and, and uh, be financially secure with the yoga mm. without uh, like depleting myself completely and still having the money and the, the time and the energy to create the music. And and then I neglected the music for quite some time because I was trying to make money to pay for it by, by mm. teaching so much yoga mm. that I wore myself out. And then I noticed that I was starting to get depressed. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I had like a little breakdown in my car. And I was like, oh, wait, this is not good. What's happening? And then I recognized that I haven't really been creating music for the past six months. And then mm. I decided that I, I was going to do something about that. And I was able to. And I started creating more music again. And then that like semi-depression kind of state just disappeared right away. Yeah. And because that is one of my purposes is to create this regardless of millions of people hearing it or not. My, mm. It feels like that is my purpose is to create that mm. uh, for my own happiness at least. Mm. And uh, luckily I have this like really supportive, I have a really supportive girlfriend who is also really creative and she, she's a dancer and videographer and choreographer and she understands that to be able to be creative, you need certain things in place and you need the space to do it. And you also, um, 
need to take care of your body and and move and she understands all these things mm. so being a yogi and a rapper is very compatible with being a dancer and a, a videographer for example mm. so i'm but i've been in relationships earlier where it's been different where it's been like with someone who doesn't get it who's like oh you're going to the studio again yeah what am i gonna do yeah could do your thing you know yeah like, no it's they don't have a thing here be bo- yeah they don't have a thing that's it right that's the problem yeah the problem is there's no thing you yeah. are the thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're the th- you're responsible for their happiness yes you're the thing i've been in that kind of relationship as well it's me super, too it's toxic it's draining it's, it's draining and super they draining they compete against the purpose you have in your life yes and right. that's a battle that either you lose mm. or they lose yeah and you can't lose that battle for too long no 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 because then then that also of course affects the relationship and you ah. get un- you become un- unhappy and unstable mm. and out of balance mm. and then you're supposed to you're trying to be in that relationship you chose that relationship over your passion yeah and then it doesn't it doesn't work like that no so that's what i found and uh, and with uh, my girlfriend uh, she's supportive and she understands that I need to do these things. Yeah. And I understand when she needs to go to the studio uh, to film and be gone the whole day. Of course. And of course. like, yeah. th- And it's actually really refreshing that, okay, you do your thing. I do my thing. We can sit in the same room. She's working on her video project. I'm recording a song. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hey, can you please be shut up for a little bit? I need yeah. to record this thing. Just shut up. It's like, okay, cool. And she shuts up. And then I'm like, okay, I'm done recording. And she's like, I need to play this thing. Can I play this uh, out loud? Uh, can you stop your recording a little bit? Okay, okay. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I, I can't believe, I can't believe how people don't have a thing. No, there's I can't so many things. You. There's so many things <laughs> and I have so many things. And even if there were, even if comedy didn't exist or podcasting didn't exist or jujitsu didn't exist or weightlifting didn't exist or yoga didn't exist, I would fucking, do, I'd find other things. I would find other things. There are infinite things. There's infinite things. I have to limit the amount of things that I do. Me too. To be good at the few things that I love the most. Mm. I had to cut. I used to play piano fucking all the time. I, oh, I yeah. cut out piano because I, 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 it was incompatible with me doing jujitsu and comedy. Because there's not, not enough time. There's, there's not, not enough, enough time. time. Yeah. I can't get to the level of comedy that I want to get at if mm. I'm fucking reading sheet music and practicing for 30, 40, 50 minutes a day. And in the end, I loved comedy more because it was more social. And with the piano, I'm just sitting by myself with headphones on like a loser. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Playing fucking Disney songs. But I mean, piano is beautiful. It's though. beautiful, but so is hanging out with eight of the funniest people in Oslo, yeah. fucking drinking beer, telling jokes, going on stage and supporting each other. Yeah. That is more beautiful to me. And so I have to have a hierarchy of passions mm. that I rank and I have to keep them close and I guard them and I dedicate time to each and every one of them. Mm. But if I didn't have them, I would find other passions because there's a fucking ton of things that I'm interested in. Same. Right? Yeah. But the, the weird thing is, is when you like, and I, it's, it's often you meet somebody in one of these pursuits who has a partner that doesn't have anything. Mm. And you know what I mean? And I, 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 like, I just, I, I, I can't understand how they don't have anything that they love so much that they obsess over it and just want to do it all the time. Where it's like, uh, yeah, what are you doing? No, I, I work. Uh, what do you do for a living? No, I, I have this job. I don't really like it that much. And then I do that and then I go home and then I, I watch series and then I eat dinner and I go to sleep like that and, and just repeat. Mm. Like, uh, yeah, there's so many, there are infinite possibilities. Yeah. So many things you can explore. And yeah, so it's uh, it's not relatable. It's weird. Me, uh, either. 
but it's, it's weird. But and there's a lot of people like that. It's I not know. like just every now and then there's a here and there. There's one person who doesn't really have a thing. It's I feel like <sighs> almost like most people don't have a thing. Yeah, yeah, which is very strange. It's to a me. lot of chicks, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna say it. Like, Let's it's just say it. I, I'm sure there's a lot of guy. I have to say that. I'm sure there's a lot of guys yeah. that don't have things. Humans. There's a lot of guys. But from my experience, I've dated several chicks that don't have things, and my things have been problems. Same. And I know several friends who are dating chicks or doing, com and they don't have things. And I go, how come your girlfriend doesn't have a thing? Mm. And guess what? Every now and again, their girlfriend will find a thing. And oh my God, she found a thing? Awesome. And then mm. everybody's so much happier. Yes. But I don't know, maybe like, and yeah, I, like it's... I don't know. Maybe there's just a different type of way that guys think about obsession because there really has to be a degree of obsession behind something. Or maybe it's risk taking or like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is, man. But for, for whatever reason, from my experience, I feel like a lot of guys get drawn more to things that they uh can dedicate countless hours to even like fucking video games yes you know maybe it's like a problem solving thing in our heads that we need like some constant challenge or we feel some sort of self-worth over things maybe w some chicks just feel this self-worth automatically without this task but i feel like men are really task oriented mm. like we need a task i need to get better at comedy you need to get better at rapping you want to do this you want to do that but uh, you know that's, that's kind a of biological thing. That's like it's could uh, be. It could be. I yeah, don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, you know, like at the bottom, at at the base of everything, like the male brain and the female brain is just different. Yeah, like it's of fucking, course. it's fucking different. Yeah, and saying otherwise is uh, it's ingenuous. It's, yeah, you know. So, because of course there are differences, and yeah. uh, and you can see that in every part of society and, and how we approach things mm. and, and if we have a thing or not. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I just, I feel like I have to say this one more time. <laughs> women have things to, yeah, we're joking. I guess women, I understand if you're a woman and you have your passion, I get it. But a lot of women don't. And a lot of men don't too. Of course. I, I, so. I have, I have, yeah, I do have, uh, old friends that I, uh, I'm not really in touch with so much anymore mm. because they don't have a thing. Exactly. Really. So I, it, it does apply to a lot of men as well. Thank you. And uh, uh, <laughs> well, it does. And uh, and, and some of these guys, like I, I heard, uh, I met a friend the other day. He's like, yeah. So uh, uh, this old friend of ours, he got married. And I'm like, what? He got how? Did he, no? You, 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 there's there has to be another guy getting married. And then it turns out it wasn't him. No, it was another guy. Because I was like, this guy doesn't have a thing. And uh, and then he, and he's talking about that. he's working there. It's like he's quite su successful there, and he he's got a wife now. And it's like that, that can't be that guy. And it turns out that guy is uh, still not. He still doesn't have a thing. Yeah. And he's just you know. Uh, he's working in a grocery store, I think, which is, I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing that at all. But it's like, I think that's what he's doing. And uh, I don't think he's in a relationship, anything like that. Just mm. simply because there's nothing that he's not passionate about anything. Passion, passion, bro. All the thing is, is an outlet for your passion. Yes. That's basically it. And if you're living a passionless life because you're not channeling, you're not excited by something. Like yeah. I still go, I've been training jujitsu for fucking eight years, man. Mm. I still turn up to jujitsu and I am fucking excited for the technique of the day. Yeah. And I'm passionate about sparring. Whether I get my ass kicked or I'm doing well that night, 
I'm I'm nervous. I'm excited. I mm. want to go. I want to go to jujitsu every fucking day. Mm. I I can't get enough of it. The same as stand up comedy yeah. and podcasting for that matter, and weight training and yoga and going to the sauna. Like, do you still do yoga? Uh, I do. I have a, a home practice. Yeah, I, and I'm a member of high yoga, but I haven't been for a while. It's mm. been months since I've been actually. Yeah, so that's the thing that like that falls under the priority list for the hierarchy of needs yes unfortunately but the yoga is the one thing that i i was going to do a yoga class this morning actually but then i thought no i'm gonna fucking do back and biceps like a meathead (laughs) i'm actually starting getting a little bit more into that kind of workouts as well recently that's awesome yeah it feels good it feels nice to balance it it out yeah because i I used to do a little bit of that back in the day and then i found Mm. the yoga and i was like yeah i'm just gonna stick with this yeah and i did that for many many years and it's been working out quite well but like i felt like i needed something else like i needed something a little bit more Mm. more powerful or yoga can be very powerful and very like yeah full powerful force but still lifting weights uh, and doing that kind of workout is different it's, yeah. it's, it's different. You, you probably feel like you need more of what I'm doing and I need more of what you're doing. Yes. Like the one thing I definitely need for, you know, like uh, longevity and mm. flexibility and strength, I need to do more yoga yeah. without a doubt. I, I probably at least two to three times a week. And I need more weightlifting and that kind of thing. So we, I, I think we're, yeah, we're trying to balance, balance ourselves out, right? So that we're, yeah. we're, in, so we're in balance, we're in tune, we're centered and we were, uh, uh, not necessarily uh comfortable all the time because uh, that's kind of where we die eventually and just being comfortable all the time so we need to get out of the comfort zone and, uh, mm. and whether that's yoga or uh physical uh, like workout with uh, with weights or whatever it might be um and then people running around all day every day doing like tasks and f- fixing sh- shit and working out or whatever they need like yin yoga you know mm. to be able to calm, calm down. down whereas yeah. people who are not really doing much and just kind of sitting around all day and they're and they're just like sitting at a desk just typing away and then they might need more of the like uh, vinyasa or hatha or something like that to kind of get the posture right and kind of get out of that uh, mm. open yeah, up yeah open up and yeah and strengthen and yeah yeah that's what i need i think because as a grappler you're like this you're like yeah. constantly hunched forward like arched in that position like yeah. trying to like stay in tight not like, so i need to do the exact opposite of those movements mm. yeah but I, i'm just gonna like uh tell you man like when i did your yoga classes mm. i loved them i thought you were like such a good teacher Thank like you. i really felt like you were walking the yoga path mm. and i really felt like when i was in your presence that i'm around somebody who's really dedicated to this discipline appreciate that yeah and was it did you have like bowls tibetan bowls was it no i don't uh i didn't have those (laughs) maybe there's a different teacher maybe it was somebody somebody at raw yoga Uh, (laughs) no but your classes your classes were good i remember you came to a bunch of the classes yeah 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 yeah, had to resonate at some some level because you keep kept coming back Yeah, yeah 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 Yeah, but I remember your classes were like, they were really good. And and you're a good yogi. Like, you can do a lot of shit with your body. I can do a lot of shit with my body. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily make you a good yogi, though. Like, the it, it, it's, it's only the, the surface thingy. You're good at the techniques. Good at the techniques and uh, and and also conveying the techniques usually yeah. is, is... That's... For some, that's harder. For some, that's easier. Mm. I mean, that's gotten quite easy. Mm. Whereas... Uh, 
noticed how like teaching a lot of yoga and doing a lot of those physical exercises uh, and not prioritizing meditation, for example, uh, as much, mm. that kind of made me less connected to what yoga really is because mm. it becomes a, just like a workout or gymnastics. Exactly. Yeah, so that's not, that's not yoga. That's one aspect of yoga or one of the... Uh, limbs of yoga is mm. the asana practice the physical practice yeah but yeah i can do a lot of weird shit with the body and bend the legs behind head and yeah. all around yeah all around the place were you always flexible or did you just kind of develop I think, that i think i was i was quite flexible when i was a kid and i think most kids are flexible yeah but then uh, it depends on how you live your life and i i remember when i was a kid we used to sit in these like uh at elementary school we're sitting in, uh, I was sitting in the music uh, classes where I had music lessons. Yeah. And I was sitting with my legs crossed in like a lotus posture mm. for 45 minutes straight. Oh, wow. And I don't know why I did it. I just thought it was uh, fun. Yeah. And I used to do that when I was even younger as well. When we, I was dancing with one of, like I was I used to go to one of my f neighbors, one of the fr uh, my friends who was also one of my neighbors. Yeah. And we used to play and, and we used to like dance to Michael Jackson. We used to do all these different things. But then one thing I also remember was we used to put the legs in Lotus and we walked around the floor on our knees mm. for whatever reason, thought it was fun. And I kept doing these things. I think like uh, some, some of that kept the body a little bit open. Mm. And when puberty hit, I had like developed uh, quite a lot of flexibility in the hips already. Yeah. Uh, which uh, made it easier for me to open the hips when I got into yoga. Again, I was quite young still. Yeah. So that made it easier. But when I see now people are like been just walking in straight lines and riding bikes and sitting on chairs and doing that shit for years and years. And then they try doing yoga to open the hips. It's like, it's very hard. Yeah. So there's a lot of shit to work through. Yeah. Yeah. So I think my flexibility as a kid and i kept that you never lost it i never lost quite lost it fully but uh, I, I when i started doing yoga i became way more flexible than i was uh and way happier yeah. <laughs> so that was good yeah 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 there, there is a connection between yeah that i was thinking about uh something uh it's actually been a thought that's been coming back to me and i've been laughing at it a few times uh yeah. like throughout the years since i saw you uh at raw and it's like, uh, I remember I remember the last class I saw you in, one of the, my last class that yeah. I saw you in. It was like, yin, uh, it was a yin yoga class. And I remember I was, I was, <laughs> and I was usually after the yin yoga classes, like uh, we used to have like a little talk and, and it was uh, good. And you uh, it just felt like, oh, that was a good connection. And that class, I was trying out a new playlist. And I was like, I was checking out like, playing different songs and one of the songs like when in shavasana was like a really like it was, it was i mean it's a, it's a nice song but it's like it's very cheesy spiritual <laughs> song and i was like and i hadn't really listened back to it uh, like fully and then I, I was playing it and like halfway like not even halfway through it i was like man this song i don't know about this but like i'm we're, we're in it now i can't really just pause it and switch it and uh, <laughs> so i just kept it playing and then after that, like the vibe was different. And <laughs> after that, I never saw you again until now. <laughs> so, oh, so that's it's because of the song, man. Yeah, that's, the thought came back to me multiple times. Like, was it the song? Like, <laughs> the fuck? Like, it was just a song, but it was, it was, it was just a funny thought. That's I, I've had it happen uh, probably like five, six times oh, last shit. few years. Like, suddenly I think of you and this, yeah, this song. Yeah. I can guarantee you it definitely wasn't it the song. It wasn't the song. Not I, at all. 
I yeah. told my girlfriend about it this morning, actually. Yeah. And she was like, it wasn't the song. I'm like, I know it wasn't the song, but it's just an interesting thought that keeps coming back for whatever reason. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how your mind plays tricks on you like that. Right. You start thinking like it's like this like weird second guessing of yourself. Like, and what? not even necessarily believing it. It's no, no, just no. like it's the thought is there. Yeah. And if you have l- at least learned enough about yourself to recognize that your thoughts are not you, you are in, you. The thoughts are not necessarily you or true. Mm. Uh, and but you can observe the thought being present in your mind, mm. and and be affected by the thought still, while recognizing that this is probably not true. This is just some weird story. Yeah, and where the fuck is it coming from? Yeah, and what is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's one of these things where it's like this story comes up, and I'm like looking at the story, and it's ridiculous. Mm. But it's still there. Yeah. And I can still feel the effects of it somehow. Mm. Yeah, that's fun. Dude, that's bizarre. Right? That's really bizarre. That's not a self-serving thought either. That's not like a positive thought. That's like a, that's a negative delusion. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're... Uh, all of us are full of these delusions. Of course. Uh, both positive and negative. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some yeah. of these like grandiose thoughts about ourselves that are not really how other people uh, perceive us at all. Yeah, yeah, that's and a problem. Yeah, that's a problem. And and vice versa, the other way around. Well, the other way around could lead to suicide. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. And you see all these people that like end up ke- taking their own lives and it's like, what did you... like? Mm. You know, no, everybody loved you, man. Yeah. Like, what do you, like Robin Williams, you know? Yeah. It's like, what? Like, why? You killed yourself, man? Yeah. Why? Every, everybody adored you. But I had like th- several friends like that yeah. who everyone adored them. They were mm. really, really nice people, both men and women who uh, who took their own lives. Mm. Where it's like, we all loved you. Yeah. And you could have just come to us to talk. Uh, maybe like mental health wasn't really that much up uh, in the, in the, uh, public uh, like discussion in the media and everything like it is now uh, mm. after the pandemic and everything but it's like still these people had like all these uh, friends and all these people who loved them and would have been there for them to help them out if they just kind of shared that they were struggling yeah but they didn't they kept it to themselves maybe not to burden people or whatever it was yeah but um, it's it's a pity it's too bad it's it's a shame that uh, yeah yeah and and i i I don't know like what's going on in people's like psychologies but a lot of it is probably like those that same type of thought that you had like this weird like idea of something that is probably like not even real you know it's like an intrusive thought and you start believing in it yeah and then it kept keeps building and it starts like uh uh, getting uh like power over you more and more Mm. um that's the weird thing about thoughts, man. The yeah. amount of control that they can have over what you do mm. is very strong. And how they are present within your mind, but you are not uh, creating them. Mm. Uh, or they are, they're, where are they coming from? What are they? And, and uh, they're so present and there's they're like this layer, this veil between you and reality, mm. more or less. And it kind of colors the entire experience of where you are. Like this moment now, I'm, I feel like I'm not, I, I, I don't have many thoughts going through my mind now. It's all coming out my mouth. But if I started like overthinking the situation or, or uh, I could switch my mindset or I can recognize thoughts that would uh make this situation feel very different than mm. it feels right now and uh and being aware of how we think and 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 not necessarily believe in our thoughts i think it's very healthy to learn that skill yeah but that requires like meditation and these kinds of or psychedelics or like there are many ways to go about it mm. 
But so, thoughts are weird, man. Yeah, thoughts are really weird, man. They're really, really, really weird. Mm. And that's another thing that like, that's why like this war for attention is also a war for your thoughts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like your thoughts are getting constantly manipulated and shaped by the external stimuli that you're exposed to on a daily basis. Definitely. So if you're like scrolling through particular feeds or the algorithm just shoots up all of these things into your feed, your thoughts are getting programmed and designed to be a particular way. Mm. And that way may be healthy, but it may also slide into the dark side. And you see that with conspiracy theory people. You know, in particular, you know, like the conspiracy theorists algorithm is just like fucking filled with, you know, nonsense like flat earth. And yeah, you get more and more of it the exactly. more you, you dive into it. So if you start walking down like an algorithmic path of darkness mm. and you just keep going and going and going, it's just like, oh, you like this? How about this? Let's get darker. Let's get some more shit. Yeah. And that, that can like really trigger some kind of psychosis or negative behavior. I actually did that back in the day when uh, when I... Yeah, I was smoking a lot and I was like sitting there just, uh, just looking at like, uh, started like off with uh, UFOs and aliens and these things, which mm. I still find super fascinating. Of course. But it's really, really interesting. But then, then uh, and got into that and then that took me to other places and I had all these questions about the world and the universe and our purpose here and society and what are, how it felt like we were being lied to and, and what is true and what is not. And, and I tried to ask like the people around me about it, but everyone's just looking at me like I was crazy. So then I ended up in this like rabbit hole of uh, YouTube and what, and, and these things, you know, mm. and the algorithms kept feeding me this shit. Yeah. And that was, that was quite a while back and the algorithms are way stronger and different now. But back then it was like, uh, I, it took me to some very dark places and I ended up in a place where I was like, the world is, such a dark fucking place to live in and uh, and uh, all the politicians they're just they're they just want us to be uh, unhappy servants and uh, they're everyone is lying to you and it's all like happening behind the like in the shadows behind the mm. uh, pulling strings behind the curtain and like all yeah. these kinds of things and then and then that made me just super unhappy yeah. and and then i had and then i found yoga like in the bottom of, of that hole I actually found uh, a guided meditation somehow. Nice. And that popped up and I was like, and I went into that and I started uh, like, I, it was actually a written guided meditation, not a, uh, an audio one. Yeah. It just gave me instructions on yeah. how to, uh, for like, one meditation technique. So I, I decided to try it and then, and then I felt better. And then I just started pursuing that more and more. So actually going down into that darkness brought yeah. that light forward a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But it was interesting to see how easy it was to kind of just follow that yeah. algorithm and get into that. And the thing is like, once you start following that, oh shit, I think that camera died. Hold on a sec. Once you start, one second. Yes. Oh yeah, that, that camera died. Which one? Uh, the, that one there. But this one's good. This is the one that has the audio on it. Okay. So. But how do we, uh, do we take a break and try to fix it? I think uh, it's my fault. I think we should just wrap it up then. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. But uh, yeah. What I was. <laughs> what a <laughs> abrupt ending. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can phase it out a little bit though. Yeah. 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 I know this one is gonna go soon though, and this one has the audio. Yeah. Now the audio is gone. Yeah, it's still there. We have the audio here. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. for not for long. Oh, there's back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, dude. Yeah. No. I mean, uh, I don't know what I was gonna say. Something about uh. Even though you start going down these dark rabbit holes with yes. things, you look at shit and a lot of it's true. 
Yes, that's that's the fucked up thing. That's the fucked up thing, bro. That's the fucked up thing. You know, a lot of this shit is fucking true. Like when you start looking at politicians and the deals that they're making, so that corporations can get. You go, you know. So that's the thing. Like the world can look pretty fucked up because Mm. certain aspects of the world are really fucked up. Mm. But if you just focus on the fucked up things, that's it, right? Instead of looking at like, yeah, it's fucked up, but hey, check out this sunset. Or my mum loves me. Or right. That, that's the thing. You got to put your spotlight onto things that are equally as positive as well, and don't just constantly stare into the darkest realms of what's happening in reality. Exactly. If you that's only it. watch the news, yeah, then you'll get really unhappy. Yeah. But yeah. there's so many other things to see in the world, and like, yeah, like the sunset. Yeah, or the exactly. love that you feel for someone or whatever it might be. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the conspiracy theories uh, like that. I, I don't really like the, the conspiracy theorist uh, the stamp on people because it's like, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. So then you're crazy and everything you're talking about is bullshit. Whereas there yeah. the conspiracies are real. It's not uh, like yeah. conspiracies are not happening. Yeah. People are con- conspiring. Yeah. But uh a lot of it is bullshit as well. Mm. But the main yeah, I don't know, take from this is that you, if you keep focusing on only the negative shit like that, then these thoughts will uh, be with you throughout your life and your days yeah. and affect you all the time. Mm. And then you'll get really unhappy and you won't be able to discern between the what is real or not. Because your mind can make you feel like anything is real. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's training the mind is important, and also noticing what you're feeding your consciousness. Your your diet is not only your food; it is also uh, how you treat your body in different ways, and how you treat your mind, and how what you feed into, what you plug into it. You know? Yeah. Dude, what a beautiful way to end. Now that was a better ending, right? Much better. <laughs> yeah. Mats, thanks for the fucking convo, bro. Thank you too. It was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, yeah. I had a really, really good talk, man. Me too. I'm glad I ran into you. Yeah, likewise. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, man. Take I'll care. See you in, uh, on the yoga mat then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Mwah.